feel like I was the most unconfident person, if that can even make that as a word, my whole life. I think confidence is really tied to just not giving a fuck what people think. I think I felt this, I'm not good enoughness, you're just a stupid Spanish girl from the hood. So he crashed, he hit the wheel, he didn't have a seatbelt, and he passed away from internal bleeding. Like TKO, like I'm done. Like I'm like, really? Like if there's a God, do you hate me? I didn't realize the beauty of life until I lost him. So why am I not confident? Cause I'm scared. Why am I not confident? Cause I'm worried. Why am I not confident? Cause what if they say this? If you are scared of doing the thing that you wanna do, what happens if you don't do it? The fear wins and you'll always be scared. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. Joining us on the show today is Erica Kramer. She is a renowned expert in confidence building and personal transformation. She's known as the queen of confidence, and Erica has empowered countless individuals to break free from self-doubt and embrace their true potential. As a highly sought-after speaker, author, and coach, Erica's relatability and genuine care for her audience make her an exceptional guide on the journey to self-discovery and empowerment. Her expertise spans in areas such as self-esteem, assertiveness, body positivity, and navigating personal and professional challenges with grace and, of course, confidence. So let me roll out the red carpet for the one and only Queen of Confidence. Erica, welcome to the show. Hello, Carice. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited. I've been following you for a long time and we've been trying to make this happen and you're all the way across the world in Australia. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time because I know we're on opposite ends of, <laughs> of the day right now. Um, my first question to you is how did a Puerto Rican end up in Australia? I, ha I gotta know. <laughs> Girl, one of the only three, I had to make my own little Puerto Ricans because literally there is like, I've been here for 13 years, Greece, and there's like two Puerto Ricans that I've met. So thank I you. Bet. Um, <laughs> of course, the story always is I followed some man here, you know, and I was really kind of escaping a lot of which I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of crazy turbulence in my life in America. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm going to start fresh. And you know, those moments where you're like, we're just going to pretend that we can just push the restart button and all the stuff in the past doesn't come along across the Pacific Ocean <laughs> and follow me down under. And so I just I was like, I'm moving to Australia. And it was kind of like one of those rash, terrible decisions. And that's why I came. But why I stayed was because then I finally met my husband and started a life here. And it's been it's been such a healing place for me, this country. Yeah, because I was listening to, I was going through your Instagram when I first started following you. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I hear an Australian accent, but then I hear a Puerto Rican. I know a Puerto Rican when I see a Puerto Rican. <laughs> I lived in Chicago, you know, like in Chicago, you're either white, black, Mexican, or Puerto Rican. There's no in between, you know? And I'm like, she she sounds like a New York Rican. So I had to ask because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. So, you know, given that, you know, you, you came from, like you said, a, a turbulent uh, background, were you always this confidence? Because you embody confidence. That's something that's your brand. It's who you are. You talk about this, but was it always like this? What was your childhood like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I was the most unconfident person, if that can even make that as a word, my whole life. Like I never would have uh, identified with confident or free spirited or 
Uh, I think confidence is really tied to just not giving a fuck what people think and not saying that, like, I don't care what people think, but living a life of not giving a fuck what people think, which is like my crazy nails and my big ass hats or the way I show up on social media or how I show up in a room or how much I love people up and not pretend that I kind of don't want to be that clingy friend. I'm like, I love you. Call me. Let's hang out every day. You know, like having a life where you don't give a shit and you can be free and you can be you in that moment. And I never had that. I mean, I think the opposite of that, my, I grew up in foster care. So my mom was a single mother, shout out to all the single parents listening. Um, what a superstar, you know? Oh, hey girl, you know, y'all are amazing. That shit is, I have a husband and he is amazing. And I want to like still run away from my kids sometimes. (laughs) Like, yo. So she did that with a mental illness, you know, um, with no support. But I think we still don't have support for mental illness. And so she did the best she could, but she was physically abusive. I went into foster care early on when I was like two years old. And it was a very turbulent uh, upbringing of feeling abandoned, not feeling good enough. My dad left when I was two. So we already know that that made me feel rejected internally. My wound was rejection. And then I'm in the foster care system and I was sexually abused. You know, there was a lot of uh, advocating for my mom. It was just this real, I had to be like a little grown up. I didn't know what I was doing. And I used anger uh, as my as my piece to move through this horrible trauma. I used anger and I was an angry kid. And, you know, um, so that wasn't great. I didn't do great in school. Um, I am now in college and I'm just like, oh, my God, all the flashbacks of horrible <laughs> grades that I got. I know I'm like adult education is so much better. So yeah, it was it was just really difficult. So I think I felt this uh, I'm not good enoughness and I need to prove myself. And I had this, I still have this. I talk about it a lot. It fucks with me here in this country. You're just a stupid Spanish girl from the hood. Like that, when I say it, I'm like, ooh, girl, I could cry. Like I could feel it. It's like, that's my fucking belief. The one core belief that has really been such a gift and has leveled me up, but is also a motherfucker because it's like, that just keeps us small. It keeps us, whatever your belief is, if you're listening to this, that thing that you think about yourself that's at your core is the thing that stops us. So I have not always been confident. I never um, identified as a confident person. It wasn't until meeting my husband and starting to unravel all the shit that I buried to keep myself safe. Obviously, we don't do this on purpose. But after that, I was like, whoa. And it just like set me free. Like I could just be me fully. And today I look like this and tomorrow I could be in sweatpants and be a hot mess and know that I'm not a hot mess. I'm having a hot mess moment. And at my core, I'm a confident person. You know, I love that. I always say I'm either I look amazing or I look homeless. There's really no in between, but I'm really okay. (laughs) Like I can go on camera and you guys have seen me like I will go on camera with no makeup on. Sometimes I just don't have the energy and I'm okay with that. Just like today, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I have some energy. I'm going to put on some makeup. But man, I so resonate with what you said because, you know, I grew up in Chicago and it was just, it wasn't even, it was just the area that I grew up in. Like everybody around me did just the worst shit. You know, when we all had sex at a young age, I was taken advantage by grown men. I was sexually assaulted when I was 15. I was doing drugs. I was going out. And when I look back at like, okay, so I'm this put together person now, right? But sometimes it's that imposter syndrome that kicks in because I I look back at my childhood and I don't even like to even think about it sometimes. And there's even pieces from my childhood that I don't remember. And it's probably for a reason. I remember it in like movie flashes, like scenes, you know, and it just 
I just get my nervous system doesn't like to think about it. And I know that may not be the healthiest thing, but like you, it was really turbulent. Um, I was looking at a post that you mentioned and you talked about somebody really close to you that passed away and you started thinking about living versus surviving. Talk to me about that. Oh, I just got chills, girl. Yeah. Um, so because of my crazy life, when I was 16, I didn't realize this, by the way, it's so good when you get older, like your girl just hit 40 and I'm like, all this wisdom is coming to me now. Oh, but you look good though. Thank you. Thank you, girl. I got to age <laughs> gratefully, you know, like I'm so happy to be alive every freaking day. It's a gift. So when I was 16, I found my high school sweetheart, Giovanni, and we were both like secretly wanted to move. I lived in Boston and I wanted to be an actress. I still want to be an actress. Okay. Like I love it. I think I do perform in my daily life. That's probably what I do. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to move to Hollywood. You know, the dream that everybody thinks. Um, and Gio was joined the Marine Corps. I joined the army. So when I was 16, uh, wait, 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 hold on. Pause. Yeah. Pause, pause, pause. I was in the yeah. Marines. Shut up. You were yeah, not. Yeah, I was in the, Marine, in the Corps. Marine Corps. Yeah, that's Semper crazy. Semper girlfriend. Okay. Oh, my the God. Semper Fi. Okay, continue. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, see, we have some stuff in we common. I'm like, that's why the oh my the God. energy is just going. <laughs> I feel like you're also a little bit Puerto Rican. I just want to say, if right. I can claim you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the Latina oh. background. My mom's Brazilian. So it's like, we, we all the same. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. That's wild. Okay. So I didn't join the Marines. He did. And that's like, a Marine is give my hat off to you if I didn't have a bad hair day under here because the Marine Corps is like hardcore. Oh my God. I need to ask you all about that later. Um, so I joined the army and I was 16 and I was like, I'm going, we're going to move to California. We're going to live in Hollywood, you know, all the dreams. And I remember that I signed the papers and they were like, we need your mom to sign. And I was really scared to leave her because at this time we had, which I now know, this very codependent, toxic relationship where, you know, she would get sick and she didn't say it, but I could tell now, like she needed me. I was the only thing she had. Like, you're the only thing I have. And like internally, you're like, oh, shit. Well, what if I move away or what if I get married or are you going to be okay? And it's so, I'm so happy little Erica had that wisdom to be like, I don't give a fuck if you're not okay. I'm out. Like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of Dodge. Or like, this is not for me to live in Boston. And no offense to the people that I grew up with, but like, I'm not trying to do that. Like, that is not what I came here to do. And I knew straight away, I was like, I'm out. So 16, I joined. 17, she signed the papers. And I went off to boot camp. And then Gio went off to his Marine boot camp. And in, in boot camp, 9-11 happened. Like one month into boot camp, 9-11 happened. And I'm like, is this a fucking joke? Like they're playing a TV. I'm like, we have a TV. Anyway, that changed everything because as you know, it was like our country's at war. All this crazy shit's going to happen. And so it was the most insane time. He was gone for two years. I lived on a base. We got married in secret. You know, we, to him, I was his girl from back in the day, 16 years old. And he was just going to war in Iraq. And to me, I was like a military wife on the base, Mrs. Lopez, which I always wanted to be a Lopez because I love J-Lo. So I was <laughs> on the base as a military wife. Like that was my life for two years almost. And in my head, that's who I was. And he came back and I'm like a girlfriend. So that was a weird time. We moved from Florida to, uh, sorry, from California to Florida because I felt guilty that he hadn't lived because he was at war those two years. Uh, I didn't pursue anything I wanted to pursue. I went active duty in the military. And he went to school and it was one night we were out drinking and driving. I don't know if it happens more in America now, but in Australia, people don't really do that. And in America, it was like, everybody does that. Like we all drink and drive. 
And we were out and about and we were really drunk. And it was so crazy because that night I was on this like stripper pole at this club in Orlando, Florida, just losing my mind and breaking my like moving my back a lot, which I broke my back and it's like metal fusion and I can't do what I did that night. So it's kind of crazy. Um, but we left the club and all fell asleep. He was going 180 miles per hour. So like the max speed in a Mitsubishi evolution, like the Fast and the Furious car has no chip. It was hauling ass. And we ran a red light. Thank God we didn't hit anyone. And then I woke up and we were like facing into this ditch. And so we hit a ditch, smashed into a van, which pushed us into a tree, which then slammed us into this like store, this little like 7-Eleven kind of store. And I didn't have a seatbelt on. I said to them, what put a seatbelt on? So both of them had a seatbelt on at the front. I was at the back trying to be like, the mother hen looking after people when I was clearly super drunk and I was ejected out of the car and landed on like the carbon fiber wing of the car. Now this whole thing happened. Thank God he, he was alive. He was in a coma, but he was fine. Um, that was a whole thing recovering from that. But then the following year he went out uh, on his own and I had the military one week and a month thing. So I went to bed and when I woke up, he wasn't there. And basically what happened was he went off at 2 a.m., they had been drinking at our house and had went to give someone a key. And apparently the cops were following him because he was driving a bit fast. And he ended up flipping his car into this. It's so crazy. It was like nothing. It was like grass grease. Like there was just grass. He flipped his car, no seatbelt, which we always wore after that terrible accident. So it was like, I hate to say like it was meant to be, but it was like, this couldn't have happened any other way. I mean, like we crashed into 50 million things and it was so dramatic and crazy. He wasn't going that fast and it was grass. It's like a peaceful crash. So he crashed. He hit the wheel. didn't have a seatbelt. Some beautiful woman came and like prayed over him while he, the police came and was taking him out. And he passed away from internal bleeding. And I didn't Ugh. know until the next day. And that was just like, like TKO. Like I'm done. Like I'm like, really? Like if there's a God, do you hate me? Like this whole life. And then this happens. I was kind of like, fuck life. And yeah, that was just a hot mess to lose him. That was to this day, the biggest, craziest thing. When you think about that and, you know, you're, you think about living versus surviving, how did you start differentiating that? What does that mean to you when you, when you think about, I'm just surviving versus I'm living, what makes the differences between those two? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize this until uh, Alicia Keys did this song. It's called three hour drive. Highly recommend if anybody's lost someone, this song, it will fuck you up, but maybe you got to cry those tears. And it was like, because you you're gone like you gave me life like you give me life and it was like I didn't realize the beauty of life until I lost him so it was like death presented life and it wasn't like he died so I could live it wasn't that it was just like the loss like you don't know sweet unless you got sour and I think we were just in the mundane and many of us live this mundane bullshit life where we don't like our partner we don't like our job we don't know like how much money we have in the bank account we hate our bodies we're not happy. We're not fulfilled. And we just keep ticking along. Like this is how it was supposed to be. And so I think we were, I was young. I was like 22, 23 when he died. So we were just headed into a path of drinking and smoking and doing like military, no offense, military. Cool. But I didn't come here to join the army and retire in the fucking military. Like that's not what I'm here to do. And if I wasn't careful, I would have just been doing the basic mundane shit. Like just just surviving, doing my day to day, uh, a traumatized, marginalized woman making mistakes that our people make and doing shit that, oh, well, that's what life is about. It's like, no, like my money mindset, all that was horrible. So when he passed away, I was kind of like, 
I went to shit. So I wasn't well for probably three years. Like you talk about not remembering. I drank and drove. I blacked out. I've like, I was fucked for those three years. I definitely wasn't coping. And then something happened where I came to Australia and it wasn't until 2012 when I met my husband, who was my personal trainer, uh, when I met him and I like saw this like twinkle in his eye of like hope. And I told him my story and he was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, whoa, what? Like, you don't think I'm a hot mess express? Like, you think I'm amazing? Like, what? And he didn't run away. Like, he listened. And it was so I got to experience emp empathy. I got to experience acceptance, you know? And I think that from that moment of me having someone hold me and witness me and hold space for me and my whole hot mess of a life I had, I was able to, to get hope and be like, actually, I should fucking live. And now I live so hard because I know, like, literally, I don't give a fuck about 40. Like, I celebrated 37 so hard. Like, I'm not like, I'm going to do a big thing for my 40th. I'm like, fuck 40, like 39 is where it's at. Like gray hair, wrinkles, all that. I'm so grateful because Gio died at 23 and he would have loved and his mom would have loved to celebrate his 37th birthday. So it, it completely shifted like how I see living and, and my children. Like I touch my little boy's toes at night and I'm like, his mom did that to him when he was a baby. And to think like, if I lose these boys at 23, like, fuck, I'm, I'm squeezing the juice out of every second of life. Oh, that's so powerful. You know, cause the, the military, it, as you know, I mean, it's just the truth. And I got a lot of vets that listen to this too. It's kind of the culture. It's like the drinking and the doing reckless stuff. Cause you throw a bunch of kids with another bunch of kids that their brain is not even fully developed yet. And, you know, they, they, we, myself included made a lot of bad decisions. And, um, I feel for you so much because I've been in situations like that, where I know for a fact that I am lucky to be alive. There's no way I know people that I grew up with who are either not alive or they're on drugs, or they are just not living a life that I, I, I could have easily been that person. And because <laughs> Yeah, or worse, you know, and luckily, I went yeah. down a different path. But I think that things had to align for a reason to get me to this path. And I think similarly, it happened very similar for you, even though it may not be the path that I always tell people like, listen, it's hard to see the light right now, especially when you're going through really heavy shit. But sometimes you have to go through that yeah. stuff in order to heal and grow, but you still have to make that choice to do it. And so a lot of people, yeah. including myself, I lacked a lot of confidence to even, you know, have a stable relationship or to, you know, have a stable career. When you think about confidence, because I look at you and I'm like, this chick is confident. She knows who she is. She is authentically herself. When people are mm. listening, they're like, well, I want to be that confident. How yeah. do you do that? Where do you even yeah. start? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so funny. The shower wisdom. Do you get shower wisdom? I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, like, it, well, it's the one time like that you don't you don't have distractions. It's your space, right? I'm like, it's my temple, the hot shower. It's not good for my skin, but I'm in here just blowing my mind with all the <laughs> ideas that come. Um, I was thinking about this two days ago in the shower, right? Because how do we simplify this? Like simplified, we know that confidence is an emotion, like sadness, like happiness. So how do we feel emotion? So how can we feel more confident? And then it's like, yeah, but if confidence is something we want to be and we want to feel, what do we need to do in order to experience that? And I, I truly believe if I can simplify it in the most way, and I haven't talked about this at all, like it just came in my head and I wrote all these notes. So this is the first time I'm talking about this, but it's really about overcoming your fear. 
So why am I not confident? Because I'm scared. Why am I not confident? Because I'm worried. Why am I not confident? Because what if they say this? All of that is tied to fear. If we, if we, you know, you know, like I'm sure you talk about this as well. It's love or fear. And so when we're in fear, that thing is bigger than us. The speaking in front of a thousand people, the starting my podcast, the speaking up to my, you know, family and saying, no, I'm not going to do this. Whatever it is, like that's scary. But if we don't do it, if you don't chase your fear, don't wait for your fear to come knocking and then be like, hello, who is it? Oh, it's fear. Oh, I don't know if I want to. I'm like, go chase it. Like, I will chase the scary shit. Like, I'm so scared to do a TED Talk and I'm about to apply. I'm so scared. Like, so scared to do an Instagram live still till this day. Scared to jump on a stage and talk to people. Scared of fucking things up live. Like, that shit's scary. But if I don't chase that, I don't get to, first of all, live the life that I came to live, whatever that is for you listening. But then I'm waiting for some other magical shit to happen so I can get what I want. And I'm like, no one's coming to give it to you. So if you are scared of doing the thing that you want to do, what happens if you don't do it? The fear wins and you'll always be scared. You'll always be scared. What if you tried it? What if you did it scared? What if you sucked ass? You can suck ass at these things, but then you won't suck. And then it's like... <laughs> I know what it takes for you to do this podcast. I know what it takes for you to reach out and see if someone says yes. And then some people say no. And it's like, cool, that's a rejection. doesn't matter. Keep going. Like, that's not easy to do, to put yourself out there in the way that you do as well. You share all the things. I'm watching all your videos. I'm like, hey, man, that's very vulnerable. And so, of course, we're scared. I'm scared as fuck. I'm always scared. Always, hashtag always scared. There's no fearless. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> Nobody is fearless, okay? So, I, I really want to encourage those of us out there that are like, I want to build more confidence. Firstly, stop saying you're not confident. Stop, just stop saying that. Stop saying, I'm not, I'm just not a confident person. I'll never be confident. Our words make our world, right? It's, it's the number one killer of confidence is that you yourself, because what does Oprah say? You don't become what you think you become what you believe. So if you believe that you can't be confident, you're screwed. No, like, nobody can help you. Like, doesn't matter who's across here is not going to happen for you. So I think that telling yourself that you are on your way and you're learning about confidence is going to be supportive and knowing that you got to chase your fears. Like you got to do it. Did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a coach and a professional tarot reader. Now it's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a way to connect with your guides on life issues such as career and love and spirituality. And sometimes people need one-on-one -on -one coaching to help them through breakups, toxic relationships, healing the mother wound, their spiritual path, or navigating tools as an empath. So I do all of these things to help my clients pursue life and decisions and understand themselves. So if you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching or a tarot reading, click the link below to get started. Okay, back to the podcast. Yeah, I, I literally do this podcast and every single time I have a guest, every single, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they're well-known. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Schmo. I always get anxiety every fucking time. Same thing when I used to sing, like I when I would sing in front of a crowd, I know I can sing, but I get anxiety every fucking time. And there were times where that anxiety completely stopped me from doing it because I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to deal with it. It's too much for me. And that's the whole reason why I didn't pursue music. But, you know, I had to get to the point where I'm like, it's how do I feel during like when I'm talking to people like mm. you, I get to do this. 
for free. You charge your time for all of these people. And I get to talk to people and have these vulnerable, intimate conversations mm. and actually get to know them. And then I actually become friends with a lot of people that I interview mm. because we're talking about our past and our traumas and how do you not make a connection with people? And so yeah. I think that it's so important what you say to like just no one's fearless. And sometimes we just have to dive in knowing that there's going to be mistakes, knowing that you're not perfect. And I would rather do something and not regret it. I don't, I don't want to not do it at all. I think who was it that was at the end of his deathbed? Um, the Bill Gates, not Bill Gates, the other guy, uh, the guy who invented Apple. What's his name? Oh yeah. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I mean, look at him. He was at the end of his life and he talked about so many regrets because he poured so much into his business, but he did not pour anything into his relationships. There were so many things mm -hmm. that he wished he could have done differently. And I don't want to live that life. So if someone's listening, let's break it down. Like what are some tangible protocols or ways that maybe little things that they can do in their daily life to start working on confidence building? Is there any tips that you would have for that? Yes. Oh my God. So many tips. Okay. Ready? If you weren't listening, listen now. Okay. So one of the big things that I talk about is that confidence is a practice. So if anybody here listening does yoga or meditation or breath work or any of these things, you never achieve meditated. Like you don't make it to meditated. Like this is never going to happen. You step on a Lego, somebody cuts you off, like you're done. You're going to scream at someone. There goes your meditation. However, it's a practice. And the more we do it, the better we're going to get at it. And I believe that confidence is a practice as well. And so the more we, we, we get into the practice of confidence and we created these like five steps, it's not revolutionary. It's very simple, but you know, I really believe that the simple things done well, give us a life well lived. Like it doesn't have to be this crazy model that's not accessible. And so I always talk about the five C's. Uh, I'll explain those, but one of the, the core things that I want you to remember is that how you think and how you feel about yourself is top top of the thing. So if you truly want to build self-confidence, truly want to build self-trust, the, the definition of confidence is trusting yourself. And in Spanish, it's confianza, right? Like confianza means trust. So what are you doing day to day to build that trust with yourself? So do you always need to ask people about what they think instead of you going, you know what, I'm just going to order that? Or do I, what do I get? Do I get this or that? It's like indecisiveness. It's like make a choice. So every day you can make a choice. You can wake up and say, I'm going to go walk for two hours. I'm going to wear that outfit. I'm going to wear red lipstick, even though I hate wearing it because I feel like I look stupid and not talk about it all day. I'm just going to wear it. Like these little things that these little actions and decisions that you make for yourself uh, support you to start believing and trusting in your own self. And everything you say you're going to do, whether it's big or small, try to do it. Because when you do it, you build self-trust. Hey, I said I was going to do that. And I did that. And it could be tiny things. It doesn't need to be this huge goals list. But if you keep your word to yourself, that's the number one way that you can build your confidence. So the five C's, uh, it's choice, courage, create, consider, and continue. And I'll just quickly run through. So choice, and, and we researched, I'll just say this for people that are like, where the hell did this come from? After 10 years, I was a hairdresser, I was a fashion stylist, and then I became a life coach. And now I'm a psychotherapist, like studying psychotherapy. So we've been researching women in particular and confidence for over 10 years. And the most confident people in the world, this is what we see that they do. So number one, choice. We make choices. We make decisions. We're not indecisive. We don't procrastinate. We're not like, I could do all the things and then never do anything. So if you have something, think about it right now in your head that you have been avoiding. Maybe you want to move. Maybe you want to quit your job. Maybe you want to start that business. 
what is the one choice that you know you need to make that you haven't made? And pop it down. Choice. Number two, courage. My definition of courage is you taking action while you're shitting yourself. Okay. <laughs> like courage is like, ooh, it's almost like you need courage, not confidence. Because courage is like, it's like the wind beneath your wings in your practice of confidence. So I want to make this big decision. Cool. I'm scared as fuck. High five. That's courage. Courage is not, I am this lioness and I'm fearless. Courage is, I'm scared as hell. There are like skitties in my undies and I've got pee dripping down my leg and my knees are wobbling and my voice is shaking and I'm walking in the dark. What if you fall? What if you don't fall? And if you fall, you get your ass back up. Everybody has to walk in the dark. You don't get to miss that step. That is the step to confidence is courage. Doesn't mean you're not scared. It means you're scared as fuck and that's normal. So high five if you're scared right now and you're in step two. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Step three is create. And we called it create, not action, because I feel like, I don't know, you, you talk to a lot of people, Chris, and you probably see this a lot. There's like, just do this, do, 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 action, action, hustle, hustle. And it's like, oh, I'm fucking tired just thinking about that, right? Like there's too much hustle. And, you know, sometimes there's not a clear action step you can take. Sometimes you need to create something. And I believe we're all creators. And so when you create, it's like, what's the small thing you can do to move that big decision? So let's say I want to quit my job or start my business. Cool. So start researching who you would support. Start researching another place you could work, right? You don't have to do the big thing. Create is about a little tiny step to move you closer. And that little tiny step gives you momentum to do the next thing. So that's create. And then number four is consider. So after you took that mini action, after you did that little thing, how was it? This is where, this is where we go. I failed. And I know people have made the word cool, like fail forward and fail fast. And there's like books about it and shit. I am about words. If you couldn't tell already. And I hate fail because if I failed, then I'm a failure. I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me feel like I want to go again. You know, like I want to just sit on the couch and have ice cream and be like, oh, like that is the worst. So I like to say, like, have a look at what you did. Was it great or was it shit? If it was shit, you learned something. If it was great, high five, keep going. Like, that's amazing. So I don't think we do that enough. I think we fall flat on our ass and some of us don't get back up and we like, I'm on the floor. Oh my God, is everybody looking at me? Look at me. I'm down here. I'm like, nobody cares. We're walking over you because we're all doing life. So you're on the floor worried about the failure that you had, air quotes. Just get your ass back up. It's not about falling. You will fall. It's about getting your ass back up quickly. And so that's number four, consider. And number five is continue. Because when you fall and you don't get back up, what happens? You stop the practice of confidence. You stop making choices. You stop standing in your courage. You stop making little actions towards the things that you want. And it becomes like this crowbar in your practice of confidence. Then you just go, I'm not a confident person. No, you just one time fucked up. You made it mean that you can't do shit. And you sat in your victimhood and you didn't get back up. If you just stand up and go again, back to choice, back to courage, back to create, this whole thing happens. So it's kind of this, this singular kind of circular moment that doesn't matter where you are in your life. doesn't matter if you're in step two or step five. The next step is a step forward into creating confidence. So how do you deal with comparison? Because 
you know, social media is big. We're in, we're in social media. We have the platforms. I even find myself comparing to other podcasters and I'm like, stop doing that. We're on different journeys. Stop comparing. And then, you know, there's a lot of women, including myself, who I have been there where we compare how we look and it comparison. I will say it is, it's human nature. It is part of survival. It's how we've survived. It's how we've expanded and, and gone through evolution. But how do we, when that little, that little ear is like comparing, how do we stop that? Should we do something different? Yeah, totally. So I, I think because of what I know, I just laugh and I don't even let myself go there because it's such a construct of my human mind. So material, like that woman looks like this and like reels, you know, like it's almost a joke, like show me all the best things you can with music. Go, you know, like, wow, what a great life. It's like, you don't like, here's what I do. And I know this is gross, but I hope that this picture stays with all of you forever. Okay. So I imagine JLo, let's say, taking a shit on the toilet and leaving skid marks and having a stinky <laughs> fart. I do. I imagine that. And I'm like, damn, guess what? JLo has a butthole and JLo poos. And if JLo has dairy, she probably has diarrhea and it's disgusting, like horrible. Like imagine the person you look up to the most. You're welcome. Okay. These people shit. These people stink. These people fight with their spouses. Like, imagine the person you're comparing yourself to at a funeral. Imagine the person you're comparing yourself to in divorce court. Imagine them at their accountant and they're they're negative. Their financial status has gone down. They lost money. Imagine their card declining. How do they do with that? How are they in that? Nobody shows you that shit. Like, I've been so close to just showing skid marks on the toilet. And I know it'd be gross and I'd probably get banned on Instagram. But I'm just like, do not get it twisted. Like, Please, like we are human beings. And so we we don't believe everything you see. And I think there's so much we don't see about the people we compare ourselves to. So fill in the blanks. That person has the day to day. They have bad breath in the morning. I do. Like I have morning breath, you know, like all the things that are human. And so I literally, as a visual person, think about that. And I'm like, stop tripping. Like whoever, uh, Adele. She fucked up when she sang. You sing. She fucked up. And she will straight up say, like, I forget the lyrics to my music because they don't, most of them don't write their own songs. So they forget the lyrics. Have you ever fucked up publicly? They fuck up too. They just are graceful about it, but they mess up and they don't make it a big deal. Yet we say the wrong thing and we go into the hole and we never come back out. And it's like, hey, you're allowed to fuck up. You're actually encouraged to. The more you do, the less you care about other people. And that's actually what we're all doing. And you realize that no one looks at you as close as you do. And so you might be looking at someone else. And trust me, they're looking at you. Someone's like, man, Carice, your podcast, you always look, I can't believe you just show up and you don't even care and how you just share most vulnerable things. I wish I could be like that. And then you might look to someone else. And then someone, it's like this chain effect. And so I, I just like to be like, we're all freaking human and nobody has their shit sorted. And if they look like they do, even worse, like I love the Kardashians and I love what they do and good on them. But like people got it twisted. They think that they're this, this confident family. That's like, so I'm like the, the, the need for validation showcased. Like if you take a thousand selfies and you're always immaculate and there's photos of you doing beautiful shit, that is just a call for love. That is a person who wants you to see them, who needs you to go, Hey, you're beautiful and you're enough and you're amazing. And I really believe that a lot of people in that family didn't get that. And that's sad. So it's not something to, envy it's something to go 
wow, that's a bit sad that these beautiful women don't believe they're that beautiful and they have to put on such a show for validation, you know, and no, no shade, like they're fucking killing it. They're doing amazing shit. So no shade, but just society's view of what people think. If you look a little deeper and you listen closely, you'll see that these people have flaws and they're human, just like you and I, you know? That's so true. I mean, side note, I dated a comedian uh, like two years ago. It's a long story, but he's a well-known comedian. <laughs> and he, he, I'll tell you that story offline. He, you know, yes. when I started, we started off as friends. And as we started, you know, to spend some time together and get to know each other, the things that I noticed even about him, I'm like, man, wow, there's like, you would think somebody who's funny would be somebody happy, but really there's a lot of alcohol. There's a lot of masking. There's a lot of, you know, mental health that, that some people deal with. And it made me realize that not everything that you see is always reality. I know that's a whole side story, mm. but one it's thing true. I, I want to switch gears because when I look at you as somebody who's an entrepreneur, you're, you're now you're, you know, going to school to be a psychotherapist. You're doing all of these amazing things. You're such a confident person. You're clearly intelligent. I have been in workplaces in my career and in the military, and you know this too, working in a male-dominated environment. When I was in the mm. Marine Corps, you kind of had to make a choice of do I want to be the bitch or do I want to be you know, the person that's easygoing and then I'm looked at and talked about. I feel like a lot of women who exude confidence can sometimes be judged as somebody who is a bitch or who is stuck up or who is narcissistic. What do you say mm. to women who say that I want to be confident and I want to be assertive, but I don't want to be viewed as somebody who is too alpha or too narcissistic or stuck up, especially when it comes to being in business? So it's so funny. We have this thing in my business called FWOT, and it's like it stands for like, fuck what others think. And it's very hard to do and easier said than done. But I would if I was listen, if I was someone thinking that I would go, okay, people think I'm a bitch. How do I feel about that? I'm a bitch in their eyes. How does that sit with me? I'm looked at as too aggressive. How does that sit with me? And tackle whatever comes up for yourself because it's never about what people think. It's always about what we feel about what people think. So uh, I think I heard Brooke Castillo say it once from the Life Coach School podcast. She's fucking amazing. And she said something around like people are going to be wrong about you. And it's very similar to what I share inside of FWOT. It's like, People are going to think what they think. Are you cool with letting them think that? Or do you have to make sure that everybody thinks the way you want them to think? People will think all kinds of things about you and they'll be wrong. And I'm okay. You know, like I'll be generous. You could think what you want. Like I'm a generous person. You could think I'm a hot mess or I'm this or I'm that. And I know that I am who I am in the moment. So today I feel confident. But when I'm on the TED Talk stage about to walk out, I guarantee you there'll be no confidence at all. I will be so fucking scared. And my first one minute on the stage will probably be like shaky voice and sweaty pits and shit. And then I'll get into a flow, blackout, not know what I said, and I'll air quotes kill it, right? Like that's what will happen. I'm guaranteed. So I really think that we need to get okay with people being wrong about us. That, that's it. Because so what? People think you're an arrogant bitch. But guess what? You're not an arrogant bitch. 
and you're going for what you want and what do they want you to play small then they'll be like fuck you never you always play small so it's like you jump around trying to be someone for someone else so they think away and they'll never think that way like your dad will never be proud of you like your whoever will never give a fuck about what they said or apologize like imagine it never happened how would you live your life it's like fuck then live your life that way and if somebody does go, wow, you know, your confidence is amazing. I'm sure people think I'm arrogant. I'm sure people think, you know, I trigger people all the time. They unfollow me and follow me again. Even my clients will be like, I had to unfollow you. I'm like, cool, do that. Like, do whatever you need to do. I'm not going to change who the fuck I am. Like, I love you. Like, I'm going to be me because I'm supposed to and I need to be. And I, I really believe if we can hone in on being who we are in the moment, like self-expressed in that moment. And if that moment is sad, you're sad. If that moment is excited and happy. That's that moment. I think that what will happen in, to everybody listening in your communities, in your families, in your friends groups, and if you're an influencer or any kind of leader, I promise you that it's like a you'll be depositing into the bank account and you'll look one day and all this compound confidence will be there. And people will go, you know what? I used to trigger me. And now like you've really changed my life. Like, and that will happen. And it's so we can't worry about what people think because they're always going to change their opinion. And you can't be jumping around changing who you are for other people. I always say too that it's you have to like when you just embody, how do I say this? When you put work into yourself, that you intentionally say, I'm going to grow, I want to learn, I want to be the best version of me. And then when you start to understand yourself, what are my needs? What are my boundaries? What do I not want in my life? What kind of relationships do I want? When you get so secure with knowing exactly what you do and you don't want exactly what you're willing to put up with, exactly what you're willing not to put up with, you will get so comfortable with that piece that you don't want anybody who's going to threaten it. And I think to me, when I define, when I define what being confident is, it's knowing who I am at my core. It's knowing exactly what my boundaries are. It's knowing the type of relationships that I want. It's knowing what my yellow flags are and not willing to stick around for them to turn into red flags. And I think it was that point in my life when I started to become more confident, but it's still, it's a work in progress. I had a couple episodes ago where I was, you know, dealing with body image issues because I had a surgery. And for the first time in my life, I had put on 10 pounds and I was literally like, I broke down on one of my podcasts crying because it was just affecting me so much. And now that I'm kind of getting back to my norm, I'm starting to explore what was it about that that was so flipping triggering for me? Why was my looks and how I looked and how I defined beauty so important to me that it threw off everything in my life because I was ruminating. And so I still have to work on that confidence. You know, it's a still, it's a, it is a constant, uh, it, it's, it's always going to play out. So, um, what would you say to any women right now, if you could give them any piece of advice about trying to be the most confident person in their life, or maybe even something that you would have told your younger self, what would that be? Oh, man. Well, I just want to say I watched that podcast. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I love Aww, you. I was like, that is you. so raw and real. I was just like, you didn't have to do that. That could have been a private moment that you had on your on your own, and then cleaned it up and showed up on camera and put makeup on. And, you know, no one would know, like people that compare themselves to you would have no idea. And so imagine if we could see that from everyone. And we can't. So I just imagine that in my head. And then I just go humans are like that. So then I don't compare. I don't need to compare because I'm like, oh, that's human. That's humanness. 
So I, I love that you shared that. And I think it's, it's so beautiful. I, I'll just say side note, when women say to me, like, I wish more women were open like you, I always write them back on Instagram. Then you be that woman. Like, you be her. Mm. Like, yes. don't wish. Are you willing to do it? Then don't wish other people. Like, be the change you want to see. Like, you do it. Like, if you do it, then you'll empower other people. Then more people will do it. But if we're waiting for other people to do it, it's like, that's not going to happen. So thank you for being that person, Carice, because that was... That's mm -hmm. fucking important. Um, what would I say to my younger self? Ah, oh, fuck. You know, I, I think something really big that is not talked about much that I think we we all need to hear more of is there's a gift in all of the bad shit that's happening right now to you. In all of this horrible stuff is going to be awesome. And this is going to make you. It's not going to break you. You know, and it can break you, but don't let it. Like this horrible shit that you're moving through right now, this difficulty, this hard time, this job loss, this financial struggle, this worry, this fear, the divorce, whatever that's going on for you that's really hard. Like what if this was your level up? What if this horrible thing right now as you overcome it is the thing that made you be more confident, is the thing that completely transformed your life? I wish I could have said that to little me because I genuinely thought that I was cursed or I was damaged or I was... I was ruined. Like so I did something wrong. Something's wrong because life isn't meant to be like this. And looking back, I would never take any of that back. I would never take the sexual abuse back. I would never take any of the horrible things back because of who I became from it. So if you're going through something difficult right now, allow this to be your becoming. Allow this moment to be the thing that pushes you forward to heal, to work on yourself um, and don't think that you got to see a therapist because something's wrong. Something's wrong. Welcome to planet Earth. Something's wrong with everyone. We all got shit to work on. Like something wrong happened to all of us. Uh, we all lived through COVID. Like that's a whole fucking trauma series for the next 10 years of our lives. So always work on yourself. If you want something and you don't have it, consider that it's because there's work to be done with you within yourself best money spent is on you not on fucking nails and lashes and fucking gin and netflix and bullshit like that's just not going to make your life better you know oh i did a poll not too long ago and i said would you spend a hundred dollars on nails 80 percent said yes would you spend 80 dollars on a therapy session and almost all of those same people said no and i'm like there you go there's like symptom shit like i'm happy to work on the top level bullshit like i just don't feel good in my body so i'm gonna pay for the gym and then you do lose the weight or you don't lose the weight, but you still hate yourself because you didn't work on the mind. You didn't work on the thoughts or like, I'm just going to, it's like a bandaid shit. Like I'm going to work on the, all the symptoms and we're so scared to go to the root cause because it is investment. Of course you got to spend money on it and it is time and it is energy and it is hard and it's fucking dark down there, you know, and people are like, nope, I don't want to do that. I just want to live up here. It's like the fucking Barbie movie. Like we just want to live in the happy Barbie world, but we know that we're fucking miserable. And so we're happy to spend $50, go on a holiday to fucking Greece and act like we don't hate our lives and live in these fake things. And I'm like, wow, like that's another thing I would say to myself, like whatever money you have, max out your fucking credit cards, go get the best coaches, therapists, group coaching, whatever you need, retreats, heal, because the next version of you will be able to make, like I would never be able to have said that I would be running a seven figure business. Like poor Erica from the hood on food stamps, declined food stamps, bad money beliefs to be able to make money and impact people and, and my job is about helping people and that makes me money and it's like wild so sorry but that was like 
that's just yeah, huge, that's, what that's you just how said. I so. feel too because when you heal you you vibrate at a higher frequency and you start attracting yeah. situations and people who are on that same vibration I am just you motivate me so much because there's so much of what you said first of all that I resonate with your story it's it's really um humbling in a way because I'm like oh there's other people it's not just yeah. me. I'm not the only person who's gone through trauma and a fucked up childhood and, you know, and worked my way to a better life. There are other people out there. And then there's also other people that are like us who are taking those steps. And it's like, oh, well, if they did it, I can do it yeah. too. You know, I don't have to accept, oh, I have trauma. You know, my whole life is just going to be shit. It's like, no, you know, that exactly. is your superpower. And it can, it can yeah. be your superpower. Um, I have mm. this deck. I want to pull from it and I want to end with um, something that is in here. I don't know what the question's going to be. I just think Yay. that it's a really Ooh. nice way to uh, get to know you a little bit more. So let's let's shuffle and uh, let's see what I'm going to see what naturally comes out for you. What the energy. Oh, yeah. oh there we go. I like this. Oh, we got two of them. Let me see which one I oh, like. Gemini girl. Mm. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Hold on. No. I don't like that one. Let's do this one. Okay. <laughs> what if you could completely erase any single thing that you have done from your own life and from the lives of those involved? What would you erase? Ooh. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I have to say nothing. I know that's terrible to say, but like I wouldn't erase anything. I just think, I don't know if it's the butterfly effect. I don't know if that is the right thing, but I really think that everything there's like dharma and like paths and like what I do cause and effect, right? Like I, I wouldn't change anything. I, I don't think anything is supposed to be changed because uh, I love Byron Katie and she's like, when you fight with reality, you lose a hundred percent of the time. And so if it's happening, it's because it's supposed to, because it is like, it's, it is what it, it's actually happening. So I wouldn't change anything. Um, that said, I have one regret and I never have regrets. This is stupid, but I have this one regret of going to Thailand last year for this like holiday. I was exhausted because it was a horrible, crazy year. 2022 was really hard for us with my mom and she got sick and all that. And we went away to Bangkok for like a holiday <laughs> vacation with my kids and my in-laws. And they were like, we'll help you. And shout out to my in-laws that do help us in Australia. But in fucking Thailand, they did not help us. And we were so at our like end. They'd be lying. I was like, we're at our end. And I feel like we, we spent money and we spent time and energy and we were just frustrated in another country, plus exhausted, plus, plus, plus. And I said to my husband, I have no regrets, but if I could go back in time, I would not have went to Thailand. <laughs> I know that's so stupid, but I'm like, man, wasting my freaking Christmas over there. Um, but I wouldn't change anything mm -hmm. else. I've been there with trips. Like I would say for the most oh, part, God. I love most of my trips, but I have been there where a couple, I'm like, I fucking spent all that money for nothing. I wish I would not yeah. even went. Um, Erica, <laughs> thank you from the bottom of my heart for yeah. sharing your story and for showing up and just being exactly who you're meant to be. Because by doing that, you're, you're motivating other people to do the same. I mean, I look at your stuff and I'm like, I love this woman. I hurt your energy. I already knew we were going to connect well, because I see so much of myself in you. And I think so that's why others, you know, fall in love with your work too, because they see the same. So continue mm. to 
put in that work. I know you're doing stuff even behind the scenes that people don't even see. So thank you for everything that you're doing, mm-hmm. showing up on camera, off camera, you know, doing things to serve others in so many other ways. And so I just wanted to thank you for that energy and thank you for coming on the show. Before we close, I want people to know what you're doing, how they can connect with you and any projects that you're working on. First of all, thank you for being amazing. And I so appreciate those words. Like I was like, don't cry, don't cry. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for being such a beautiful expression and for creating this show and putting in the time as well, because it's not freaking easy to do this. Those of you that podcast, y'all know. Um, yeah, it's it's totally my honor. I guess Instagram, I'm always on Instagram. I'm genuinely there. I love to be there. I love to talk to people. Um, my podcast, The Confidence Chronicles. And I have this, the thing that I explained, the five C's, the the steps, there's this whole series that goes with that. There's like a cheat sheet. So I might just send that to you guys. And if you want to download it, you can have a look at it. You can read it. You can check it out. Um, but, but come say hi on the gram, tag us so that we can see that you enjoyed this episode and, um, let us know how we can support you more. I I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you woman for doing the work that you do. I, I deeply, deeply appreciate it so damn much.